You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 71 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here with Gina Militia here in Cebu in the Philippines. How are you, Gina? Oh, great, Val. I'm sitting right next to you in the same room again. It's really yes. two in a row. That's very, very cool. It's and a bit weird, isn't it? It's a bit weird and I've just come back from um, photographing you, Val. Yeah, that was weird too. It was very cool <laughs> photographing you speak at a, a conference here in the Philippines and uh, get up there and do your thing and watch the whole room just like, you know, uh, fall in love with you and then, <laughs> and, then, and then like rush you after you gave your talk and, and, and then I could it's... name drop. I could say, yeah, I'm here with Valerie. Can yeah, right. Say? And I think and that really Gina well, also really got well. Gina got rushed <laughs> at the end because I did point her out and uh, at the end quite a number of people wanted to talk to Gina and find out a bit more about what she does. It's a fun day. Yeah, it's good. So we are going to go straight into the podcast this week. Now, the topic this week is how to break into celebrity photography, and we'll come to that in a sec, but we want to give some shout-outs to a few people. First is Lisa McTiernan. Is that right? Yeah, so um, Lisa uh, was in uh, the Facebook group, uh, and she wrote a couple of posts she wrote about to shoot a, fa- a fashion label I've had had my eye on to work for with for ages uh quietly pooping my pants and <laughs> I really want to rock this I've been listening to all the podcasts again and I have Gina in my ear which is hopefully a good thing yes <laughs> but what I loved about that like as soon as Lisa posted in the Facebook group she there was just this like outpouring of support for her like yeah, you can fantastic. do this go Lisa and like that and and that sent her off really feeling um confident and uh and then uh, a couple of days later she posted a behind the scenes which how cool does this behind the scenes shot? Yeah, look? we'll put so, the we'll put the image in the show notes. It's so, a great behind the scenes shot. Uh, Lisa's in the Northern Territory, and so it's a like I'm looking at this road, going, I want to shoot on this road. So it's a beautiful um, country road, uh, red the red earth. You've got the, the the beautiful high grass up along the sides of it, and then she's got her model there and her assistant holding the flecky, and Lisa. Couldn't get any lower. It's no. like right down on the ground, tummy down. I reckon flat out like a lizard. I reckon your clothes would be red with the dirt, but so worth it because I can't wait to see the final shot. So um, she was really excited with that, and uh, um, I'm, I'm yeah really impressed, Lisa. It's a great Facebook group, and if you want to join it, it's free. It's just search for "So You Want to Be a Photographer" podcast community on Facebook and join. Just join the conversation and join the fun. Who else have we got? So uh, Danny Singh uh, has posted, and Danny is uh, posts a lot of shots in the 
Facebook group and uh, Danny got some new lights and he's been testing them out and uh, he had a few uh, hit and misses with his lights but he's managed to nail uh, a really strong uh, selfie where he's uh, sitting down. It's a studio set. His lighting is absolutely superb and I actually love his post-production on this shot. He's got himself sitting uh, three quarters to camera, um, uh, knees are apart and he's resting his hands between his knees. So that means he's uh, kind of leaning forward, which is fantastic because when you have someone resting up and over their knees, it forces the face forward, you're stretching out the neck and it gives uh, a really strong jawline. So this is my like go-to pose. If I'm ever doing a headshot of anyone, even if I'm not shooting their whole body, even if I'm just doing their head, this is the kind of uh, shape I get get them into. So if you want to have a look at this, uh, I've put the, uh, the examples in the show notes. But basically, uh, Danny has sent us uh, three different options because he wasn't sure whether he liked the black and white version, the colour version, or a sepia version. And mm. uh, for me, Danny, I really love... The black and white, I think it's really striking. It's got a lot of grit and punch and contrast. Yeah, for sure. I like the black and white yeah, version too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, great work on those, Danny. Great. And if you're looking for the show notes, you can find them at GinaMilitia.com. That's M-I-L-I-C-I-A. Who else have we got? So um, the last couple of podcasts we've done, I think the last two podcasts, I've been talking a lot about making the most of the light that you have. Mm. And this is something that, as photographers, we need to deal with all the time because you don't always get to have the perfect setup where you've got time to set up lights or it just like Mother Nature rocks up on set yeah. and just brings it. Yeah. So um, Kevin Mahoney sent in a photo where um, he had uh, – it looks like a baptism. Looks to like me. a baptism yeah. to me. And so he was uh, a fair way back from um, seventy to eighty yards away from the action. And so it's not like he could uh, turn it. If it was a baptism, it wouldn't work if you came in with the assistant and the light and just mm. said, excuse me, I'll just set this up. So mm. you need to be a fairly respectful distance away. Yeah. And so he he said it was three p.m. and the sun was still high in the sky. And it produced a high contrast image with the sun behind the boy, um, and uh, and so he had no chance of using still flash. So he spot metered off the chest because the boy was not wearing a shirt. Got his mm. skin tone, nailed the exposure, and he's like, and he's and he's really proud of the fact. And the other thing that he had in his favour was the uh, the water surrounding uh, his subjects actually reflected light back in. So, yeah. you know, he had the best of both worlds. And, again, he's made the most of what he had and he's managed to pull out a really good shot, Val. What a great shot. What yeah, a yeah. special shot. Really, really good. Really it's captured the moment. It's really powerful, isn't mm. it? It's a powerful shot. So great stuff, Kevin. Now let's move into this week's topic, which is how to break into celebrity photography. Now, even though we are in Cebu in the Philippines and we've done some shoots here and we've done some video tutorials mm -hmm. here that are going into the gold community and we're going to do more shoots where we've got one planned. We've got a, we've booked a boat tomorrow. Booked a boat. Yeah. Do you know I hate boats? Oh, great. <laughs> I get seasick. Oh, now. great. I know. What are we going to do? Should I get like seasick pills or something? Is the boat going to go it's out far? Boat. It might not be pretty. Is the boat going to go out far? Well, we're not 
doing that fast. Maybe about takes about an hour to get there. That's enough. Oh no! For me to yeah, be. me too. You this get is not. Too. We this need is to, probably not a good idea. We need to get. Anyway, we digress. We'll t- we'll let you know in the next episode when, as we continue with Gina and Val's excellent adventure on <laughs> excellent. We- on yeah <laughs> on the results of the shoot and whether seasickness was involved. But this week's topic is inspired by the fact that in a few weeks you're actually shooting the Logies. Now, everyone in Australia will be familiar with what the Logies are. But if you're not familiar, they're basically the Australian equivalent of the Emmys. It's the it's the awards for the television industry. And um, it's pretty exciting. Jean has been doing it for uh, quite some time. And it's a very glamorous night. There's a lot happening on the night. And Jean is going to be shooting on the night as well as, you know, before and after, I assume. And I'm particularly excited because I get to do some behind-the-scenes video of the whole palaver of the whole, you know, extravaganza for everyone who is in the gold community. We will release a couple of videos to the Facebook group for sure, but if you're part of the gold community, uh, that is where you've joined the gold membership on Gina's website at ginamilitia.com. And it's awesome. There are so many awesome photographers in there sharing ideas, and uh, it's where you get regular tutorials every month from Gina on a variety of things. We shot another few the, this week, just yesterday. And also you get to one-on-one, well, not one-on-one, you get direct access to Gina through a monthly call, through the uh, group call that we do, plus a whole lot of extra bonuses if you're in the goal community. So pretty excited about yes. that, that I'm going to be the fly on the wall, capturing everything for everyone so they can really see you in action and see how you direct celebrities and how you liaise with them and interact with them and talk to them and the kind of shots that you're getting as well so um tell me tell us first a little bit about your history with the logies gina so i've been shooting the logies for about um the last 20 years i think wow that's yeah, yeah. and so i did i oh. did like many 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 i was working the one of the uh the Logies are actually held by uh, one of our, the magazines, a TV magazine in this country called uh, TV Week, and they started them. And so I was shooting the, the covers for them for a long, 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 long time, and then uh, the event as well. And uh, so it's been uh, it's been exciting. And so now I'm shooting for uh, the major network that's uh, bringing those uh, on the on the night, the Logies. So yeah, it's, that's it's pretty exciting. exciting. And it's also a high-pressure night because there's not a lot of time. You've got to get the celebrities, you know, while they're on a high or perhaps while they're on a low or while they're on their way to a party or something like that. But also when you were shooting the covers for the television magazine, people wouldn't necessarily know who was the winner and sometimes you had to shoot them on the night as they got off the stage so they could rush the things to the printers to... um, to get to be to be printed on the cover of the magazine in some instances. Yeah, I mean, when we first started shooting uh, this particular night, uh, what we would do is uh, we would have uh, a lab because obviously we were shooting film that would stay open all night, and we had runners that would like take the film of us and of us and run it back to the lab, process it, and then bring it back to us. So like there was just this, it was so stressful and then we'd have to turn it around like that night and it was just um yeah it was it was a very stressful time 
So let's get stuck into the topic. Before we you know, get into the guts of it, just define in the first instance what television photography is. Like yes, what's so, involved? So, so um, the title of this week's episode is How to Break into Celebrity Photography, but I specifically want to talk about uh, a particular niche or niche, as the, uh, the US call it, yes. uh, of uh, television photography. Um, and so there's actually... Um, there's more than one type of photography that you end up doing if you work for a television network. So I just want to break down those the, the differences. So yeah. you, can, you can be um, hired by a television network to shoot stills. And basically stills are where uh, the, the network are producing the show and uh, while the show is being filmed, you are the photographer who is on set, who is part of the entire crew, and while filming is taking place, you are taking images, uh, still images of of the scenes as they happen, of key scenes that happen through through the show, so that the um, the network can use those to promote the show, to keep a record of the show, and and, and it's and while so they're forth. acting, it's, it's while, while they're, they're actually on set. So you've got a choice. There's there's a few ways you can do it. You can actually um, shoot while the action is happening, and that requires that you have a camera that's very, very quiet. You mean while the filming is happening? While, while, it's, while they're filming and you have a camera that's really quiet or you have a special camera that's actually uh, in a silencer box, so it's actually a case that goes around the camera. They're, they're really expensive just to make sure that it's, that it's completely silent. Um, or you shoot, set up the shot after a, a take has, has, has happened or uh, you try and get all your shots uh, during rehearsal. So um, that's that's shooting. What's your still. preference? Well, I prefer, um, in an ideal world, I like to shoot uh, while they're they're filming. But there's been um, there's been shows that I've worked on that, and I don't like using the silences because they're they're too restricting for me. Um, so I like to to. Like have a loud shutter, um, and um, like people to know you're there, Gina. I'm here. I'm arrived. But can I tell you that being a stills photographer is so different, to, and I'll 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 break it down and later. But basically, um, you can't shoot while they're filming if it's like a love scene. Because what happens is there's you and forty crew in a bedroom, <laughs> and it's it's. And you could hear, like, you can't open your chocolate wrapper while they're filming because the Russell, 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 they can hear it. So mm-hmm. when you fire, it's like, <laughs> no one's going to really like you. So um, in those instances, I, I have to get the shot. I have to go, well, you know that love scene that you just recreated with my camera. So, like, when, but when you're shooting outside and there's lots of ambient, it, it, it's really easy. Um, or I try and get it, try and steal them during rehearsal. Or um, one of the photographers who mentored me early on, uh, David Simmons, who was a, a, like a really well-known stills photographer in the seventies and eighties in Australia, did a lot of TV productions. He used to t- he taught me about like stealing the shot on set. So he's like, just as the director is calling cut, you're anticipating that action. That's when you can squeeze off a couple of shots just as the the, the actors are still set up mm. and you can grab that that hero frame during the shot so like having that in my head I I, I, I try and do that as well so that is a great still, idea it, it is a great hack to be able to do that but if you're the one that goes early you 
you'll kill, you wreck the shot. Yes. Boot it off set. So they don't like you. So you've got to be really careful um, when you're doing that. Because they are still holding the emotion because the director hasn't said cut yet, yep. but they're literally holding it because they've actually got nothing left to do in the scene yet. Yeah. So they're, they're, if they're effectively still, but still acting and emoting. So it's timing. It's like, and and you're hearing that, and you're going, <laughs> so you're just stealing, getting that shot. So, And there's good photographers who might, good uh, actors who might um, just hold that scene a little bit longer because they know there's a stills photographer on set to give you the shot, which yeah, is really sure. nice. So the other kind of photography you can do in uh, uh, television photography is publicity photography, and this is basically um, specifically shooting uh, photos of uh, talent from a show to be used to publicise the show. So these are set up. They're shot in a studio on set where you uh, photograph the cast of a show and these shots might end up in... um, uh, magazines and uh, might be covers and stories about the show online. So that those sorts of purposes. So that's that's publicity. Uh, so photography there, uh, is that the shot? Is that a shot of the photographer? I mean, the actors acting as the character, or is that the shot of actors being themselves? So publicity for the show is generally uh, actors uh, being. Um, character mm-hmm. but it can also be the actor as themselves because it's like it might be and at home with the lead of blah 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 mm-hmm. show um but but it, it actually still promotes the show that they're on so it could be it can be both so what often happens you know i'm just speaking from the point of view of a magazine editor is that uh when a show is being promoted Sometimes they kind of, the publicists kind of have a B list and an A list, not of actors, but of the actual publications that they hope that the shots are going to appear in. So sometimes they will actually take fantastic shots or get commissioner photographer to take fantastic shots of an actor, as Gina said, not only in character, but also like lifestyle shots at home or, you know, doing something interesting. And what they'll do is to entice a particular publication to um, to, to feature that actor, they either as a feature or on the cover or something like that, is they will offer those shots exclusively only to that magazine. So th- that's like their A-list level magazines. Yeah. And, and that magazine, if they agree to do the story or do co- provide coverage for that particular show or that particular actor starring in that show, then they will get that exclusive wonderful shot. And uh, so it's a little bit of a dance that they play between publicists and magazines, but that's why they might get that shot as opposed to the magazine trying to organise the shot themselves because in some cases, particularly with the big celebrities, there actually is no time or the, or the actor might live in another country and the magazine can't organise a shoot with the actor. Yeah. So that's why it's golden for them to be able to receive a quality shot. Yeah. All right, what else? So the other kind of uh, photography that you might do for a television network is the actual marketing photography, and it's slightly different to publicity where the marketing shots might end up uh, on billboards, on uh, the sides of trams or buses, which is, you know, or in train or bus shelters and things like that. So it's or their actual paid ads that the television networks create 
publicize the show. So it's an actual ad about the show. And the marketing shots can also end up in merchandise, like you might um, have the photography on uh, on on cups and coasters mm. and bags and things like that. So that happens a lot, and that's a separate shoot as well. So you might have a day where they might film a commercial to – uh, promote the show on air, on television, and maybe in movie cinemas. At the same time, they're doing the marketing shots, and at the same time, the publicity shots are being done as well. So that's the other style of photography that's um, the big for television yeah, photography. Yeah. And, of course, there is events because that's like what the Logies is, right? Yeah, and then there's events, and then there's also like the, they might be promoting um, the show, so they might have a big dinner for like all the, uh, media and things like that to come and host, and those events need to be photographed as well because it's all publicising the show. So they're the different levels and types of photography that you uh, might end up doing if you uh, choose to work and in the television events, photography. The events might appear in the social pages. Exactly. So it's more sort of social photography, yeah. but it is still related to television. Sure. So can you remember, can you cast your mind back, Gina, to um, who was the first celebrity you photographed? Yeah, I totally remember because it's like, you know, it still like feels like yesterday. So mm-hmm. there is a uh, celebrity in Australia who's like, he's like the father of, uh, of uh, Australian uh, television and uh, his name is Bert Newton. He's been around since the oh, yes. 50s Bert. and he's like an equivalent of a Letterman. Or yeah, or Johnny Carson or David Letterman or someone like that. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. And so uh, Dick had, Clark actually probably is the closest one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's had uh, lots of chat shows and things like that. He also works in the theatre. So, um, but I wasn't working for any networks then. I was actually I was just coming into photography. I had been doing some models portfolios, and I was just starting to do PR photography, public relations photography, where I was working for um, I don't know. Uh, tool manufacturers (laughs) where they're launching their new power drill and a politician (laughs) comes around and uh, they do a handshake and, um, you know, they're they're all holding the power drill and got to get all the logos in the background. I was doing that, a lot of that sort of stuff. I was doing um, a bit of, like, PR food photography as well and things like that. So I was in the PR So this was ages ago? This was ages ago, like years and years and years ago. And so... um, they uh, one of the one of the PR agencies that I worked for got a, um, had a client called the Australian Dental Association. I think was their name. Mm, and, uh, exciting, isn't it? Exciting, isn't it glamorous. Yeah. <laughs> and um, they had uh, hired uh, this particular celebrity, Bert Newton, to be a spokesman for the Australian Dental Association. And he so does have a lot of teeth. He's got yeah, he's known for yeah, he's got a good smile there. Mm-hmm. And they said, Okay, we want you to go and do a headshot of Bert and I'm like freaking out. It's <laughs> like, Oh my god, he's a celebrity <laughs> <laughs> And uh and uh they're like, Have you got any ideas? And I thought, Yeah, I do. I had just seen a shot that Annie Leibowitz had done of Jack 
is the golfer and the actor. Nicholson. Nicholson is the actor Mm -hmm. where Jack Nicholson was holding a magnifying glass Mm. in front of his – it's a really famous shot in front of his mouth, which meant that his mouth was, like, uh, magnified in his face. And I pitched this idea to the the PR company. I said, I reckon we should do Bert like this. And they sent – and I said, you know, Annie Leibovitz, very Vanity Fair. Like I, was, I was pitching early on in yeah. my career. And uh, Bert loved the idea. Great. He loved it. So I got the, the, the word back that he loved the idea. He was so excited. Mm-hmm. So the brief was I had to go to uh, the, his television network, Channel 10 at the time, set up a backdrop. Um, they gave me an hour to set up, and but they only gave me 20 minutes with Bert because Easy man, you had mm-hmm. to get all the shots in twenty minutes, and um, yeah, so I, I went. I remember going with an assistant, setting up the shot, and then he walked onto set, and I was so excited, I was starstruck. <laughs> and um, I, you know, I'm not sure if I spoke, I can't remember. But then I, he got on set, and I remember directing him, mm-hmm. thinking, "Oh my god, I'm directing a celebrity! This is <laughs> such a big deal! This is so exciting!" I I felt like everyone could hear my heart beating in my chest because it was beating so loud. Oh, and uh, and I can remember uh, my hands shaking. As I was, oh, I was no. Show. I was really nervous. And I think my legs were shaking. And the last time my legs shook that much was when I went to my driving test. Because just that's a nervous oh. reaction that I had. So I was really, really nervous. It was intimidating. And um, but I managed to get through, and I I'm, I remember I could not. I don't think I took a breath until I saw the films that came oh. back and like nailed the shot. And it was Val. It was the biggest high I've ever experienced getting the shots back and going. I got like first of all, there's something on. There's something. <laughs> I actually got the. And then it was like, are they sharp? Yes, they're sharp. And then it was like, are they exposed correctly? Yes, they're exposed correctly. And then, you know, I get the shot and it's like he, Bert delivered. Like he's an absolute professional and he he kept asking me, is this okay? How about this? He mixed it up for me and it was like, and I'm like, yeah, that's great. That's amazing. Oh, my God. I'm shooting Bert. (laughs) And so it was, yeah, it was just the coolest experience. So then I thought, wow, this is so cool. It'd be great to do this for a living. But, you know, I let it go after that. What was cool about it? What did you, why did you, why were you that excited? Like, I mean, apart from the fact he was a celebrity, sure, but was it something and else? No, it wasn't the celebrity part of it. You know what it was? It was the, you've got 10 minutes to get this shot. You are up against it. This is hard challenge. This is really hard. It was the adrenaline rush of that, the degree of difficulty and the, the fact that anything could go wrong. There are no do-overs. All of that, for some reason, really excited me. You really like working under pressure. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I right. Love it. So that was cool. But, you know, I, I, I did it and I thought, okay, I'll go back to my world of PR photography and power drills. Maybe you should be like a war photographer or something. That would be adrenaline-fueled. Oh, God, that would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I, I shouldn't suggest such things. Okay, so you did that and then you went on your merry way and continued with your regular photography. So apart from that then, how did you start shooting for television networks after Bert? So I met this this journo, right, who, who um, 
I got this call from this journo who said, I need a photographer to uh, do an editorial shoot um, uh, in Melbourne. Are you available? This journalist was from Sydney, and uh, it was to do a for a UK magazine, and it was to do uh, someone from Neighbours. Mm-hmm. And they said, do you have experience, and have you ever worked with uh, celebrities? And, you know, I'd worked with Bert. <laughs> so I said... Yes, I've worked for celebrities. I've worked with celebrities. And then the journalist said, have you um, done work for magazines before? And I said, well, all the, the Power Tool stuff that I'd done had been featured in magazines like Power Tool Monthly and things like that. So I said, yes, I've worked for magazines. And then this journalist is like, that's great. Then... Um, We'll, we'll shoot. So the, I'll be flying down to Melbourne and this is the date and this is what you need to do. And I said, great. And I got booked to do my first celebrity. Now, Val, you might know this woman. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. the woman's name was like Valerie Coombe. Really? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how we met. That's how we met. That's right. A million years ago. Uh, when Gina was like eight months pregnant yes. with her son who is now over 21. Yes. Yeah. So it was a million years ago and I remember that day very distinctly. I remember the actor, uh, Brett, who we shot uh, and he was starring in Neighbours at the time and after that we just kept on working with each other, right? Yeah, we did because it's like uh, you, you uh, like we had a great day and it was what was really good, Val, is – is that I had spent uh, a good couple of years working, uh, shooting model and actors' portfolios. And, and that meant that I had to spend, like, uh, some days I'd be shooting uh, three, three models in a day and they, I would be meeting them. They would be all different shapes and sizes, all different skin tones. And I needed to learn um, all the best locations in Melbourne to get like shots of these models quickly and set them up and often they didn't know how to pose. And so I, I set up, I developed this technique where I would show them how to pose, learn all the great locations to go to and I developed this sort of lifestyle fashion technique and that's all I knew, Val. So mm-hmm. when it came to shooting this editorial um, spread with you, that's the technique that I used. And in the end, it, it, like, it went down well. So yeah. we, we went on to work together a lot for, for different magazines. So you stayed working with that magazine, but then you got a new job working for uh, an Australian um, yeah, an Australian magazine, Girlfriend. Yeah. Um, and then, so that would probably be like Mademoiselle or Young Miss or something, YM in America. Um, and then moved on to a magazine in, in Asia because I got recruited to do work in the magazine there and then back to the same magazine in Australia. And so, yeah, moved around. Yeah, and, and, uh, and, like you just kept uh, kept commissioning me, and we we developed this really cool working relationship, and mm. uh, and we we did some great great gigs and great yeah. jobs. And so, like over the next couple of years, Val, we I, I I was strictly working with you. Maybe in the next year, like all these editorial shoots, 
But what was happening was I was more and more ending up on sets. Mm-hmm. Yes. Photograph, like you would do stories where we would do behind the scenes on the set of Home and Away or yep. behind the scenes on the set of Neighbours or we would be working with this celebrity and that celebrity and I started meeting the publicist because what happens is when you're shooting for a magazine and you've got a the talent from a TV show for the shoot – the publicist also comes along yep. to look after the talent and yep. make sure that, you know, the shot is shows being represented correctly and, and uh, the talent's looked after correctly and they don't say the wrong thing mm-hmm. and things like that. So you start seeing the same publicist on set. You might end up spending three days with the same publicist. So relationships started to be formed. Mm. And um, one of the publicists from uh, the network that looked after Neighbours said to me, like, you're pretty good at this. Why don't you come in and show your folio to, to the head of publicity? Go and set up an appointment. And so this publicist, uh, who was one of the more junior publicists, gave me the name of the, the senior publicist, the person who makes the decisions at Channel 10, uh, and uh, said, ring, ring them up and uh, drop my name and, and make an appointment. So I did that, mm-hmm. and uh, I put together a folio of all my tears, which were... Um, pages of magazines where I'd have photos published Mm -hmm. and I put together a portfolio to show, you know, this is the work I've had published in magazines and I also added in um, photos that I'd done of models Mm -hmm. to show this is my style and set off to my first sort of big deal um, meeting with a publicist. Cool. The interesting thing that happened on that day, Val, was as I was going up the lift to the fourth floor of the publicity department, there mm-hmm. a, a, a guy got into the lift with me and he saw my portfolio under my arm. He said, like, so what are you doing? And I mm-hmm. said, oh, I'm going to meet. I was so excited. I'm going to meet the head of publicity mm-hmm. and I'm going to have an appointment with her. And, mm-hmm. and he's like, oh, cool. He's like, do the industry a favour, he said, do the right thing and don't undercharge, don't undercut us all. And he said, you know, here's the rate you should charge because per he hour. Was, he he was, was one of the photographers that worked for the network. Mm-hmm. And so he said, this is what we all charge. Keep it um, at that or above that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, 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 like, I thought about that and I said, Okay, that's cool. I I want to I want to be hired on merit. I don't want to go in and be hired because I'm the cheap photographer who undercuts that. So that was actually a great piece of advice he gave yeah. me. And so I had a figure in my head. And um, at the time, it was back in the nineties, mid nineties. Yeah, early, very early nineties. Yeah, mm-hmm. early to mid nineties. 100 bucks an hour that I charged back mm-hmm. then. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, like, when the publicist had flicked through my folio and asked me, uh, what, what was your hourly rate? I said, it's $100 an hour. And she said, that's fine. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, that, that's how I started in the industry. And I was on par with back then what everyone else was charging. Right. Yeah. Well, a lot has changed since then, yeah. huh? Yeah. So, <laughs> all right. Just um, to walk us through a day as a stills photographer versus shooting publicity or marketing? What's, you know, what's that like? What does the day look like? It's not waiting around. <laughs> so so stills, when you're shooting stills, you are part of the crew, which means that you go on the call sheet, you're, you're listed on the crew, and so uh, if everyone is required on set at 6am, uh, 
you need to be on set at 6 a.m. And that, yes, there is a lot of hanging around and you're waiting for uh, each scene um, and the action to happen. As a stills photographer, you can be uh, required on set every day and you might just end up working um, forever in a day uh, or you can be um, mm-hmm. just called on set for, uh, you know, this day, this day and that day and four-hour blocks. So I've done, I've done both where I've worked on a, a production for a, like a number of days or I've been called in to just do, um, you know, a, a four-hour block here or long days. So um, as a stills photographer, there's a pecking order on set. Mm. And uh, it starts with the director, obviously, and then it works its way down. And do you know who's the bottom of the pecking order? <laughs> the stills photographer? It's the stills photographer. Okay. So for me, I came into stills actually very late in my career. I had already shot publicity and marketing for networks mm-hmm. and then I was invited to do stills and it came as a massive shock to me when I'm like, what do you mean everyone's not going to do <laughs> what I say, every, drop everything <laughs> to get this shot? I'm the stills photographer. They're like, you don't matter on this. <laughs> so I didn't last very long <laughs> doing stills for that reason. It's very hard and you're like scrapping for photos. You are, you know, there's booms in your face and you're trying to avoid cameras and, uh, you know, people walk across your shot and it's really frustrating but it can be like if you can start doing stills and you can pull shots out from stills, it can be really exciting. And so for that part of it, I really actually enjoy it. And if you love the craft of acting – I do watching getting to be on set and watching actors perform in front of you and like how they craft a scene and act is incredible it's the most amazing thing I've ever seen so I love and hate stills at the same time right but you must have enjoyed the pulling the rabbit out of a hat, the love adrenaline, it. that sort of thing. Love the happening. adrenaline of it and knowing that I've got, you know, three seconds to get this shot and I can, like, only get it at this time and this time and then you get it. It's very exciting. But the hard part is, like, you are the bottom of the pecking order. But once you get over that, <laughs> I actually loved being on set every day. So can you give us some actual examples then, you know? Is it really three seconds to get this shot? Like, some actual examples of... High pressure shoots you've done. Yeah, so for stills, it's like they give you three seconds, or you're trying to get, you're trying to scrap your way through, or you get just cut and you get that shot. It's like that fast, you've got to get it. But when it comes to doing publicity shoots, it can be the same. So the great ones are like you just happened to listen in on a, a production meeting I was having before yes. we recorded this podcast. So you saw how we were planning the whole shot list and this is how many minutes you've got, and there's actually a fire alarm in the hotel going off at the moment. <laughs> oh, so uh, it's very exciting. So we might. <laughs> so look, so we're we're just going to have to um possibly come back. Uh, or that seems to have gone off. They said they'll do a test and then come back. So I was hoping it wouldn't happen. So there you go. Yeah, well, we'll just keep on going and plough through. So, yeah, we don't have to evacuate because I know it's not real. Um, so 
what was I saying? <laughs> I'd be flustered because, like, because we thought that we were fire. going to burn down. <laughs> but the show I'm, must go on. Exactly. <laughs> I was asking what are some of the more, more examples of high pressure shoots, real examples. You may not need to mention the names of the actors, but some actual examples of the scenarios. So um, I've done shoots where, uh, like, high-profile celebrities where, like, we need to get six cover options, but we can only give you this guy for 15 minutes, and he can give you that time once his show um, breaks. So he's on air at the moment. You have to come on set and do set up your set and then get the shots, and you've got 15 minutes. So what I'd be out in the corridor setting up my lights – and then waiting for cut, and then I rush in. They hold the audience foul. Mm. So the audience who want to go home mm-hmm. or want to go go to the bathroom mm-hmm. are waiting for you to get the shot. He, the act, the performer wants to go home. Um, the crew all want to go home, and you're the last one getting in the shot and trying to get it right. And there's no time. Like there's very little time to meter and uh, get the shot. And I'm still shooting tethered and doing that. Um, there's been situations where I've had uh, the, the cast of uh, a major show and I've got four, four live sets, four different setups in a massive studio and I've got actors going from one set to the other to the other and I've got to keep all, all the ideas in my head and I can't get all the actors on set at one time and so these shots are all being created in Photoshop. After the fact, I've got mm. to remember where everyone's standing all the different lighting situations, but also deal with all the different personalities as well and get that shot, but under time constraints as well. Wow. So it's or shooting a cover shot while promos are rolling in the next studio so you can't even direct out loud. <laughs> you have to mime the direction because it's quiet on set because they're filming. So you've got all the cast and you're miming stuff like move your head and you're miming it with your mouth or you're just using your hands with a cast of ten <laughs> for a shot, miming. So this is all the sorts of stuff that I've, uh, I've had to do or do, doing a, an X Factor cover, Val, in a stadium. In a stadium. Thousands of people watching mm-hmm. and they go, okay, we're about to go live. Once the judges come out on set, the photographer is going to come on She's going to shoot a cover. So the audience, we're just going to ask you to just hang on. Everyone, hold your applause while we get that shot. So it's okay. Get on. You've got two minutes to get this shot because we need to roll. So you get out there and, like, you've got the whole audience watching. No pressure, Val. No, no pressure at all. <laughs> Goodness me. So has anything ever gone wrong on a shoot? Um, you know, there's been little things that happen. I mean, I think the, the answer is yes, the, right. So, but the, the, the two that stand out are like the ones, that are like a couple that happened early on. I remember being uh, on my way early on, one of the networks I just picked up early on because my kids were still babies. They were still like I was driving them to be looked after by my parents, driving them to my parents' house. And my car broke down oh, nice. on the way to the shoot. And so... Um, while the the talent the talent was uh, already had already arrived to the studio and uh, I was having to like liaise with people to come and you know help, help tow the car away and get someone to take the kids and then get a cab and then you arrive on set all flustered mm. and then my camera wouldn't work and oh, when I got great. to the, it was awful and then the, the 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 one that the other one that stands out is a really really 
high-profile entertainer who threw the biggest hissy fit on set that I've ever seen in my life. Right. And I thought it was a joke right. as he was doing it. Uh-huh. But the producers were on set as well. They said, no, this is not a joke. He is known for these. Right. <laughs> so like, did you get the shot? Got the shot, yeah. Before he threw the hissy fit? Yeah. Right. But then he just walked off and I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe that just happened. But, yeah, okay. it was, yeah, so you've seen stuff like that. So, yeah. So what are your tips for anyone wanting to break into television photography? I mean, um, you know, who, who, who are keen to get into this area? All right, so I think a couple of ways to do it. Um, I think a really good way is to, and, and just a, a general way to um, improve that sort of high-pressure photography, is to start by shooting uh, stills mm-hmm. as a stills photographer. So if you can get an in yeah. in stills photography by um, shooting student films or amateur theatre, right? Um, and so that's, that's a good way. And then from there you develop the relationships and then you could end up on set, you know, shooting, you know, bigger films yeah. and go from there. And, but you've got the experience. Or start by uh, shooting, uh, doing publicity shoots uh, for bloggers. So often they can give you access to red carpet events. High-profile bloggers, yes. High-profile bloggers, influencers, you say, okay, and it's getting easier and easier to get those press passes. Yeah, to get those press passes. So can I come and do the red carpet event? Publicists are going to be there. Yeah. You can develop a relationship. Yeah. You know, you can be value-adding, yeah. handing over the photos and developing those relationships. Yeah. Um, and what's great when you do something like that is that you might be shooting that particular high-profile blogger, but there are other celebrities and other people there. So if you do some great shots of those people, because it is a public event, tag them because then they might notice you too. Yeah, and, uh, you know, always make sure that if you're taking photos of celebrities and tagging them in them, that they look incredible, they will notice those shots, Val, because they stand out. Um, Shooting celebrities for stock agencies like Getty, there's a whole whole host of them. You can start um, by just, uh, you know, turning up to these events and bit by bit by bit, if your work is good enough, you you start to get more of a profile and uh, you start to get access to these events and uh, that's another way in. Um, there's some, a couple of side doors that you can enter, like um, have you ever thought to intern for a TV network? Mm. Like it might be in the electrical department or in another department, but like that's another way to get to know and form those relationships. And on that point, you are never too old to intern. I interned at the script department of one of Australia's major tel- um, cop shows. And uh, I was already a deputy editor in a magazine. I was already fairly high up in my career, but I wanted to see what it was like to do script writing. So I think it's never too, you're never too late to intern. Yeah, and so or intern for a magazine mm, because yeah. then again you've got access to these celebrities. You might be on these shoots. You're going to form these relationships with the people who make the decisions, yeah. and it's all about the relationships. Um, Another way in or a foot in the door is to uh, shoot for charities that work with celebrities. So I've worked for a couple in Australia. One is uh, The Challenge and Make-A-Wish. They're both uh, constantly working with celebrities and high-profile celebrities at that, and they're always looking for photographers to donate their time and, um, you know, help them out so there's a few ways to 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 get in there Val. Brilliant 
So what do you think? Have a think, Gina, about what hashtag Gina challenge should be this week. And, and if you're new to the podcast, every week we have a different theme or topic and we tag our photos in the Facebook group, hashtag Gina challenge, and then hashtag whatever the topic is. And we all have a look at each other's photos and comment on them. And, it, and it's great to all be involved in the same kind of project. So what do you think hashtag Gina challenge is this week? How about shooting stars, Val? I like that. So hashtag shooting stars. You can interpret that however you like. Uh, but this brings us to the end of this week's episode because, you know, we fear that the fire alarm <laughs> may go off again. But stay tuned to uh, the next week's episode because we will have more for you about Gina and Val's adventures in Cebu and the kind of shoots that we'll be doing here. But in the meantime... Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you do join Gina's newsletter at ginamilitia.com and definitely check out the awesome gold membership while you're there as well. So until next week, thank you so much for listening. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit ginamilitia.com.